Holy shit, fanboys and fangirls. Welcome to Fanboy with an Opinion, episode 18 for June 19th. This is Eric. On today's episode, I swear will be a short one as I start to explore the DCAMU, or the DC Animated Movie Universe, with the Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox movie review, and then I will list my picks for the new releases coming out this week. So let us dive into Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox. This was uh, published, or this was released in 2013. And before 2013, DC had done other animated movies, but this was the introduction to the DCAMU, also known as the DC Animated Movie Universe. And everything that came after this Flashpoint Paradox movie was all self-contained within one universe. They were all connected. All the movies were connected. But at the same time, DC Animated was also putting out standalone movies that had nothing to do with this animated movie universe. It's all very confusing. And I've never watched all of the DC AMU movies, so I decided to watch them in a sequence and get a feel of the standalone universe or this connected universe and kind of like question myself why. Why? So again, the first movie is Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox, which is based on a comic called Flashpoint 2011. And let me talk a little bit about Flashpoint. So DC had decided to reboot their universe and change things a bit. So they needed a linchpin. They needed something that was going to kickstart this new universe. And that's where Flashpoint came. So Flashpoint is about, and and the movie as well somewhat, But I'll get into that. Flashpoint is about the Flash, and he wakes up in a world where it's different than what he's used to. There's a war raging between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Uh, The world is a lot darker. There's no real superheroes. There's only a few. But they're not the kind of heroes that Flash is used to. He doesn't have his powers anymore. And the biggest surprise for him personally is that his mother is alive, whereas in his world his mother is dead. So he kind of tries to figure out what happened, why things changed, why doesn't he have his powers, that sort of thing. At the end of it, he obviously, this is an alternate universe that he leaves, and he, well, more like an alternate timeline, and he goes back and he fixes things. But while he fixed things... This is where he creates DC's new universe, known as the New 52. And the New 52 was supposed to change the status quo of things. Um, And a lot of people didn't care for it. And then, of course, they ended up just changing it yet again. But that doesn't matter. That's not the point. Flashpoint was a very good book. And even though everything, you know, even, even though what it led to wasn't that great, a self-contained story, it was good. The art was, was by Adam Kubert, who's a legendary artist, and his father was an artist. And it was written by Jeff Johns, who is probably one of the best comic book writers of all time. He is uh, responsible for a lot of the DC stuff that we get. Not necessarily the movies, but like a lot of the, the TV shows that we're getting on the streaming service. And he's kind of been in charge for a while of of the movies and the TV. He's a great writer. 
successful runs on the Flash, uh, Justice League, and and he was one of the main archetypes. Uh, excuse me, one of the main architects of the new Fifty Two universe. Uh, so don't hold too much against him. But as Flashpoint is a story, it's pretty good. Now, now we have this TV, this movie, this TV movie, this uh, straight to video movie, animated movie. Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox. I'm gonna tell you right off the bat, I did not like this, and there's a lot of reasons why I didn't like this. But one of the main reasons why I didn't like this, and I think I'm gonna to get to this a little bit later, is it is so very different from the comic. Now I understand. Again, we're gonna get into this more that when comic books are adapted whether it be for TV shows, movies, or in this case, animated, there is bound to be things that are changed. And sometimes you change things for a story element. Maybe for pacing. Maybe you have two hours to tell someone's story uh, that a character has been around for 60 years. Like You can't tell everything. But if you're basing the movie on a specific storyline... You would think that they would get this, like, replicate the same beats of the story. Not here. Again, arguments like X-Men Days of Future Past. They couldn't tell everything. Comic book, Kitty Pride is the main character. Movie, Wolverine is the main character. That makes sense. Wolverine's more bankable. Hugh Jackman's a star. Wolverine's more pos- you know, popular. I get that. That's fine that they changed that. But that's not what this is. They change things that made no fucking sense why they change things. And to be honest, this isn't an adaptation. This is a loosely based on the comic book Flashpoint. And I'll get to why, uh, why, I'll get to the points of why that, that is. So, I want to say first off, the animation was fucking terrible. Uh, the body, the, the body types, the anim, um, anatomy on the characters were totally misproportioned. All the men, most of the men, were these jacked up, huge, broad shoulders, but everyone's heads were really tiny. And all the women had these big, round eyes, and to be honest, this reminded me of Japanese animation. And I am not a fan of Japanese animation. I could hear the comments, the angry comments being typed as I speak. Don't at me, bro. I just don't care for it. And despite the fact that I don't care for it, it just doesn't look like the way that they did this. My feelings for Japanese animation aside, the anatomy looks all wrong. They all look caricatures. Nothing seems... I mean, realistic isn't the right word for this situation, but it just seems laughable. Everything seems laughable. The movie starts off with Flash, uh, with his wife, Iris, and he realizes that, I mean, he finds out that the, uh, his rogues gallery is destroying his museum. He goes and he fights them, and he realizes that uh, Professor Zoom, or Zoom, or Reverse Flash, is, in, is really the head of this trashing of the Flash Museum. And Reverse Flash, his name is, real name is Thawne, Ibad Thawne, and he's from the future, and he's kind of obsessed with the Flash. And it's whole stupid thing where, like, he's planted bombs and, like, 
Flash can't get out of something. He threw at him, and now he's going to die. Ha, ha, ha. They've kind of, like, Jeff Johns redesigned his character so he isn't the, like, maniacal supervillain where he's like, I'm going to get you, Flash. Like, he's just wants to drive the Flash insane. And so one of the things that Jeff Johns established is that Thawne murders Flash's mother when Flash was a kid. So he went back in time and he killed Barry's mom. And so Barry grew up with his mom dead. And on top of that, his father was blamed for the murder. So now his father's in prison and his mother is in, is dead. And if you've ever watched a TV show, the Flash TV show, that's what happens in the Flash TV show. And that's pretty much become the Flash origin now. Like, even when they were going to make... You know, it was referenced in Justice League, the Justice League movie. Now, Flash's father was in behind bars for uh, killing his wife, which, you know, Flash doesn't believe that he killed his wife because he didn't kill his wife. But that's just become the Flash's origin. So, Thawne has really made it his business to drive him insane. And this whole deal with, like, getting the rogues to destroy the museum so Flash could come, and then he throws something on the Flash and then puts bomb everywhere. Oh, you can't save, you know, your city now. Ha, ha, ha. That's just not... That's not what uh, Reverse Flash has become. And even in the TV show, it's the same thing. He just... He wants to make Barry crazy. Like, he wants to destroy everything in his life. And then... Just as when it looks like the Flash is done for, the Justice League appears. And then they help Superman, Batman, Captain Atom, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg. And they're all doing their thing. And they all help the Flash. And the Flash ends up, you know, defeating the bombs and getting the crap that's on him off of him. And he defeats Professor, excuse me, Reverse Flash. And then Reverse Flash is like, oh, you can't always save your loved ones. And then Bartman's like, oh, you were right. And Flash is like, yeah, fine. And then he runs off. And then we get the title card. That was 10 minutes before we even get the title card. And none of that is in the comic. None of that. And let's break this down. I understand you want to establish that this is a Justice League movie. Whereas in the comic book is more of a over... I mean, it stars the Flash, but it's really about... The DC Universe. This is more telling you that this is a Justice League movie. Where in hindsight or reality, it really isn't that much of a Justice League movie either. But they want you to establish want to establish these characters, who they are, their relationship with the Flash. I forgot about Green Lantern too. Green Lantern was there. Their relationship with the Flash, uh, how they would help him and stuff, and and how they basically are his loved ones. And, you know, Reverse Flash says you, you can't always protect your loved ones and your loved ones are always in danger. So, this is a necessity to establish the characters. Because as a comic book, you're already going to know who these people are. You don't need this establishment. You don't need this setup. But if you're watching the movie, you may be a casual movie watcher, a fan of animation, or a fan of The Flash, or a fan of whatever. Maybe not necessarily you know so much about DC history. So then you have to know who these characters are and what their relationships are. So then it becomes more of a drama. I still think it was bullshit. I still think it was a waste of time. A waste of 10 minutes. And I'll get down to it because... 
they cut a lot out of from the book. And argument could be said, well, it was for time. Yeah, well, if you didn't have this 10-minute bullshit, then you could have added some of those other things. Sometimes a necessity, you know, just because you have a necessity doesn't mean it's good. Something may be needed, but it doesn't mean it's well-liked. So then he wakes up, and then that's, you know, like I said before, he's in this world where there's war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and his mother's alive, Flash's mother's alive, and he doesn't have his powers. He starts to freak out. Um... And so he decides that he's... He, he finds out that there's a Batman in this world. So there is a Batman. And we see this Batman. And the Batman is much darker than our Batman. Or the Batman we're used to. So much so that this Batman uses guns. Which our Batman would never do. Or the, the normal... I don't know what to call him. The normal Batman wouldn't do. He wouldn't use guns. But this Batman uses guns. And honestly, it's a, a nice, welcomed... Uh, added, added, you know, bonus, and and we see Batman dealing with a villain, and he basically throws the villain off the roof, and he doesn't care. I mean, he's going to kill this villain, and the villain is saved by Cyborg. I'll get into Cyborg in a minute, but, but then Batman, you know, you see that he's darker, and when the Flash goes to see him. He knows Batman's, you know, cave and how to get into the cave and all that shit. And then Batman starts attacking him like, who are you? Because he doesn't know who Barry is. Barry isn't the Flash in this timeline. There's no Justice League in this timeline. Uh, So he's like, oh, Bruce, Bruce. He keeps calling him Bruce. And he's like, why are you calling me that? Bruce is dead. So it turns out that this Batman is actually Bruce's father, Thomas. And that in this timeline, Bruce was the one who got shot and he died. And his parents survived. And, ba- and his father, Thomas, became Batman. And his mother, Martha, became the Joker. Which I thought was a really nice twist. It was that Martha saved Martha. He, she went so crazy that she became the Joker. And uh, I don't know if that's necessarily mentioned in Flashpoint. It might have been. Uh, but um, but that was a nice little twist. So, we'll go back to Cyborg. So, Cyborg saves Batman, uh, the villain that Batman threw off the roof. So, Cyborg is the main hero of this timeline. He is the Superman. Not in the sense of strength or power, but more of popularity. And he works, uh, he helps the government, and he helps the president. And he's like the number one superstar hero. Now here's my problem with Cyborg. Prior to Flashpoint, prior to 2011, Cyborg was a part of the group called the Teen Titans. And he was a part of the Teen Titans since his origin, since his first appearance. He had always been a part of the Teen Titans since the 80s, late early 80s. And he was on TV shows, cartoons, yada yada yada, as part of the Teen Titans. Jeff Johns really loved Cyborg. That when he wrote Flashpoint, he decided to put Cyborg... You know, Cyborg was a, probably a B-list character. 
And he wanted to jumpstart Cyborg's career as an A-lister character. And how did he do that? He put him in the forefront of Flashpoint. Now again, the beginning of the movie, that whole thing with the Justice League, that was not in the book. Because prior to 2011, Cyborg was not on the Justice League. He was strictly in the Teen Titans. But Jeff Johns wanted him to be more in the forefront. So he put him in this book. And then when Flashpoint was over, and they did the New 52, they rebooted Justice League, and they they replaced Cyborg, they replaced Martian Manhunter with Cyborg. And ever since Flashpoint 2011 and then New 52, Cyborg has always been a part of the Justice League. Cartoons, the shitty movie... Every incarnation, except for the Doom Patrol TV show, which his character in the Doom Patrol is looking to go on the Justice League. Almost like being a minor, a minor league player and go, looking to go on the major league play. So, I love Jeff Johns. I love most of his work and most of what he's done. This is the one thing I have did not care for. Because he is the reason why Cyborg is on every incarnation of the Justice League. Even today, even now. Martian Manhunter's been back, but Cyborg's still on the team. Cyborg will always be on the team, has always been on the team, ever since Flashpoint. And that's the one thing that's bothered me about the book and the movies and everything else. It's like making him an A-list character. Why? Because they knocked off Martian Manhunter as the seventh member. And they made it Cyborg. And Martian Manhunter has always been on the Justice League, but... Not really much anymore in these different incarnations because of Cyborg. Anyway, that's my rant on Cyborg. He's even on Young Justice, but I don't think he's on... I think he's going to be a part of Young Justice, but whatever. That's my rant. So Cyborg is the number one hero in this Flashpoint hero, uh, universe, timeline, whatever you want to call it. He goes to Batman, Thomas Wayne, and says, Dude, I need your help. We need to stop Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Their war has totally destroyed the rest of the world. Has destroyed Europe. And they're slowly, slowly coming to America. Coming to America. And they're, you know, Cyborg thinks, is afraid that they're going to destroy America like they destroyed the rest of the world. And they don't care who gets in the way. And so Cyborg has all these heroes lined up. Via hologram. And he's like... Douchebag A, shit stain B, you know, cockface D, all these fucking superheroes want to get in on the action, but they'll, they'll only do it if you say, well, see, now I'm diverging. Okay, so in the movie, he says, I have all these heroes, and we just need you, and we're all going to go in Europe and stop Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And Batman eventually tells him no, and he leaves. He doesn't care, because he's got his own problems. His own personal war, war to do with. So all the holograms go off. And you don't really know who these characters are in the movie. Except for five little kids who essentially are... They're Captain Marvel. Those are the kids they say Shazam and they all become Captain Marvel. And that, pre, that predates uh, the Shazam that we have now. 
the Shazam slash Captain Marvel that we have now, where there's five kids and they all become their own superhero. This was before. This is like the precursor to that, where just the five kids came together and became Shazam Captain Marvel. So anyway, we don't really know who the rest of them are in the movie. And then he just leaves, and he kind of has a fight with, with Cyborg, an argument, and he's like, I don't care, whatever. Now, here's difference number one. In the comic book, none of the other heroes will help unless Batman helps. Whereas in the movie, Cyborg is like, well, the government won't, won't sanction this unless you're okay with it. So we get more of a, a dialogue and a little bit of a backstory with these other heroes with um, no one will help unless Batman says yes. Because he's like the world's greatest tactician or whatever. So then after that, the Flash goes to see Batman, and he reveals to Batman that he comes from another timeline, and the proof is that, you know, Bruce is alive in this timeline, and so Thomas, Batman, will do anything to have a world where Bruce is alive, even if he's dead, so he, uh, he uh, agrees to help Flash, but Flash needs his powers, so he gets... He gets Flash to uh, Batman. He gets Batman to re, um, to redo the accident that gave Flash his powers, which is one of the like the weakest parts of the story, in my opinion. Probably the weakest parts of the story. The weakest part of the story. Replicate his accident. So he puts him on a fucking thing. He. He puts him on a table outside during a thunderstorm with chemicals behind him and the lightning hits Barry and the chemicals. I mean, it's basically like Frankenstein. And it is so ridiculous because to just think that you could replicate that accident. I mean, in the first place, how, how Barry gets his powers of a lightning... Bolt hits a bunch of chemicals that splash on the Flash. That's like a ridiculous origin to begin with. And I'm surprised they have never updated it. I mean, they could update Superman and Batman's origin 50,000 times, but they can't update his. It's kind of ridiculous. It sounds like an origin made from the early 60s. Oh, wait, it was. So he's out there like a schmuck with the lightning hitting him and the fucking chemicals. And of course, he gets badly burned. So he does it again. And then somehow he gets his powers. <sighs> Whatever. So. We get a Like movie wise. So that's the book. The book is like that. I will go and tell you the differences. Between the book and the movie. That's what's up. Now we. In the movie we get a little bit about. Aquaman and Wonder Woman's war. And it's kind of done stupid because Barry starts to gain memories based on this timeline. And some of those memories are how the war started, which how would he know that? So we get a glimpse of Aquaman and Wonder Woman were having an affair while Aquaman was with his, I guess he was married to her, Mira. Mira gets upset. She tries to fight Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman kills her, cuts her head off, and then takes her headpiece, like takes her tiara, basically. And then that's what starts the war. Totally different from the book. Totally different. 
originally Aquaman had an affair, or well, let me rephrase that. Aquaman had a relationship with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's mother is murdered. Seemingly by the Atlanteans. Aquaman then marries Mira. Mira and Wonder Woman fight. Well, Wonder Woman declares war on the Atlanteans because her mother's dead. And because she thinks that the Atlanteans did it. She fights Mira. She kills Mira. That's what fuels Aquaman to want to now completely destroy Wonder Woman and the Amazons. Then it is found out that Aquaman's brother, Ocean Master, and someone from the Amazons got together and planned Wonder Woman's mom's murder so their war could start. So then they could then take over the thrones once the dust settled. None of that is in the movie. None of that. Absolutely none of that. You cut the 10-minute bullshit crap from the movie you could have put that in none of that is in the movie so there's this whole other shit with Lois Lane and she joins the resistance uh, that's in uh, England you know England's pretty much decimated and, and ruled by the taken over by the Amazons uh, so Flash needs to know he needs to find a way to get back and he can't get fast, he can't run fast enough to go back in time. So, it's kind of suggested that somebody is holding the speed force back. And so, try to cut this long story short. Him and Batman get Cyborg's help. And Flash is like, where's Superman? Like, we gotta have a Superman. I had a Flash, oh... No pun intended. I had a memory flash in my flash brain that I saw a rocket come to Metropolis uh, years ago. And Batman's like, yeah, it dropped into Metropolis and kind of created like an explosion and destroyed some of the city. That's not in my world. That's Superman. Where's Superman? Let's find Superman. And they get Cyborg's help and they find out that there's a a U.S. government project called Project Superman. Well, I don't know if that's in the movie, but that's in the book. In the movie, they um, they go and find this uh, held in high security. Uh, this vault, basically, or jail cell, is this scrawny man, and it's Superman, and he's afraid. He's afraid of them until they kind of they kind of talk to him and they say we're friends, and they kind of. Ease him out of there. And he's being held captive under red sunlight. So his powers don't work. So Flash is like, we need to get him out in the sun. And they go outside. And of course the government, who's cut ties with Cyborg at this point, has, um, is going to attack them. And they're being, Batman and Cy- Cy- Cyborg and Flash are being attacked by the U.S. government. And then of course Superman, he's being sucked into the sunlight, is absorbing into his body. And then that's where his powers come from. Uh, and then he starts helping them by killing these government soldiers. And he realizes that he's killing them. So he flies off because he's, he's afraid and, you know, he's dangerous. So this was in the comic and this is one of the, the more, like, the, the really good twists 
that uh, the government scooped up Superman when he came to Earth and kind of been trying to harness his power, clone him, and it's not working. And it's great to see him, like, just devoid of any muscle and just looks really malnourished. And he's been, you know, thrown away with no windows and, and no communication and no interaction for 20, 30 years. So it's interesting to see his character. And, uh, but to still see that, that sense of um, humanity in him. Because he does kill these people, but he doesn't mean to. And he gets, he gets upset when he does. So, Batman, Cyborg, and Flash decide, and with the help of Captain Marvel, they go to Europe to try to fight Aquaman and Wonder Woman, who are still fighting each other, and it's coming to a head. It doesn't seem like their war ever is ever really going to spill over in America. Because at this point, it looks like their war is coming to a head. And I forgot to mention that Aquaman has a secret weapon, which is Captain Atom. That he's been harnessing Captain Atom's nuclear nuclear power. Uh, so, so everything comes to a head. And it gets really dark at one point. I mean, it gets really dark at the end. Uh, a lot of these established characters that we know are being murdered, basically, you know, in within war. Uh, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman fights Captain Marvel, and she uses the lasso on him, and asks him, like, how do you become Captain Marvel, and he says, uh, I say a word, and she tells him to say the word, and he says Shazam, and they're turned into, you know, five children again, and then she goes over to one of the kids, and just fucking murders him, I mean, Wonder Woman murders a child, like, it's just crazy dark this book is i mean this movie is very dark so you know flash realizes that reverse flash is actually in this timeline and he reveals himself eventually because again he likes to torture flash so they start to fight in the middle of this war and all these people are dying all these heroes are dying and batman's there and he's shooting people and he gets shot and He's, he's dying, and, you know, Flash says to Reverse Flash, why did you do this? Why did you change this timeline? And Reverse Flash tells him, oh, I didn't change this timeline. You did. And then we get the reveal that Barry ran back in time to prevent his mother's murder. And by preventing his mother's murder, that changed everything. And this is whole... Butterfly effect thing. Yet, thanks, Avengers Endgame. Because apparently that doesn't apply to that movie. But here's now where we get the difference between movies, uh, movie and comic. So in the comic, like I said, uh, Barry's mom is dead and his father gets blamed for it. Barry's father is nowhere to be seen in this animated movie. Plus... Reverse Flash is the one that kills his mother. In the animated movie, it's not Reverse Flash. It's just some random robber, thief, who broke into the house and the mom just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and he murdered her. What the fuck? Father's not even mentioned. In fact, it doesn't even say what happened to Barry after his mother died. Who he lived with, where he went. 
None of that. Why the? Why did you change that? Why was all of that changed? That didn't. It doesn't seem. Again, changes are done for a time thing or for a story thing. The story's not flowing quick enough, or you need to add something. But what is this adding? What is this doing? Why couldn't you have put his father in? It would have created even more drama that his father was being imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit. And then why not mention Reverse Flash killing the mother? That would have again. They changed Reverse Flash in this movie to make him more like a. You're like, Whoa, ha, 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 I'm gonna get you, Flash! <laughs> no, that's not the way he is. He's a fucking psychopath. And he just wants to torture... Just You know, very similar to what the Joker does to Batman. Like, he wants to torture him. But that's all the reverse Flash wants to do is torture Barry. So it makes sense to have him kill the mother. Anyway, his his selfish deeds created this timeline. And now... Um, Wonder Woman is about to kill Aquaman, and then Aquaman sets off Captain Adam again for one and basically explodes, you know, explodes, detonates, that's a good better word, detonates Captain Adam and is literally going to destroy the entire world. And Aquaman gets murdered by Wonder Woman, but then this flash of light just starts destroying everything. And Barry can't get fast enough to go back in time because of reverse flash, because Thawne is holding back the speed force. On top of the fact that Flash is getting his ass kicked by Thawne. And then, Thawne's like, you can't do it without me. And then he gets shot in the head by a dying Batman. Totally different from the book. And the book, it's much more dramatic where Batman stabs him, impales him with an Amazon sword. And it just seems like this version in the movie was a way for us to see a hole in Thawne's head and see a part of his brain. Because this movie seems like uh, a mature audience leveled movie because he even said the word asshole at one point so that change although it was a change I could understand that change I don't agree with it but I understand that you want to make it more bloodier whatever even though being impaled by a sword is much more dramatic and pretty bloody as well so then Flash starts to run and he runs fast enough where he goes back in time. And he's going back in time. And he sees his pres- his his past self. It's very confusing. He sees himself right before him he changes that other flash changes the timeline. And then he's like, You gotta stop, Barry. And the other flash responds by punching him in the face. It just doesn't seem like that would be a Barry Allen moment. But he eventually stops him and everything goes back to normal and he wakes up and, you know, all these things have changed or have gone back to the way they should be. And then that's it. There's a lot of other changes, like Green Lantern. Uh, he's not really in the story that much. Uh, he He's not Green Lantern, obviously. He's just Hal Jordan. He's just a pilot. And they, they tell him to, like, pilot a sh- an alien ship 
which happens to be the, the Green Lantern who would have given him the ring. He flies the ship and he has a nuke and he intends on killing Aquaman's armada. But then, of course, he doesn't. But the nuke goes off anyway and it kills, murders uh, Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's bit in the comic is a lot shorter. Um, so I feel like they, they tried to have more Hal Jordan in the movie because he's voiced by Nathan Fillion. Uh, Every Nerd's Wet Dream. Male 2. And... Also, another change is Lex Luthor. So there's a whole bit that I didn't talk about with Deathstroke is a pirate, and he's got Lex Luthor, and they're in enemy enemy territory, Aquaman's enemy territory. And I don't really get... I don't understand why Lex was doing there, but uh, Lex was murdered on the boat by Aquaman. Totally false from the book. Lex Luthor's not even in the goddamn story in Flashpoint. He's... Um, in one of the miniseries, which I haven't even talked about yet. He's in one of the miniseries as a child. He dies as a child. When he was a child, he dies. So Aquaman, you know, Lex isn't even in the fucking movie. Um, I just feel like there were so many changes to this movie that it should not be called an adaptation. This is not an adaptation. This is a loosely based version of a comic. And I don't understand why they made so many changes. Like I said, in the comic, there were miniseries uh, focusing on other stories like the Project Superman story or Cyborg or instead of Flash being the hero of Central City, it's Captain Cold. So they talk about Captain Cold being a hero. And I actually bought some of the miniseries because I really did enjoy some of the miniseries. I didn't buy all of them. I just bought the ones that I found interesting and and they they kept my interest. The Batman one was great because it focused more on who the Joker was. And I'm pretty sure the Joker reveal was in the Batman mini before we found out in Flashpoint. That's what I remember. And that was actually a better reveal. Um, So yeah. um, Oh, the voice acting. Some of the voice acting was okay. Uh, The guy who played Flash was okay. I mean, some highlights. Kevin Conroy, who's been doing Batman since the animated TV show. He was Batman, but Batman wasn't really in the movie that much. Uh, there is the end, which is um, Thomas Wayne Batman gives a letter to Flash, telling him to give it to Bruce. And so he gives him the letter at the end of the book and the movie. And, of course, Batman cries because he got a letter from Daddy. Uh, Michael B. Jordan was Cyborg, which I found to be interesting because this must have been before he blew up. Um, what else? Carrie Elwes as Aquaman. Carrie Elwes is famous for being in the movie The Princess Bride, and he's British, and he does he doesn't do Aquaman British, but he does an amazing Aquaman voice, and I want him to be Aquaman in every animated movie. And you can say that Aquaman is more of a badass in this because he's like a almost like a conqueror, you know scars on his face and stuff Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern who should play Green Lantern in real life I think he might be too old but still um, 
That's, uh, who else? Uh, Ron Perlman is Deathstroke. He's always great. But, so, you know, the... The voice acting was okay. It was a little uneven. There were some that were good, and there's some that weren't that great. Uh, I didn't care for Reverse Flash, played by 80s heartthrob C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, who? Um... Or the the guy who played Batman, I felt like his voice should have been a little bit more grisly, a little bit more uh, dirty, a little older. It is what it is, as it should say. Um, let's see, out of a 10, I would give this... Uh, f- uh, 4? 4 out of 10? I really didn't care for it. I hated the animation. I hated the changes. The changes didn't make sense. I will admit... When a change makes sense. I will admit when a change is for pacing or for storytelling or for characterization. Uh, You have to change characters for whatever reason. I will admit these changes were not good and they did not make sense. And this is not an adaptation. It's a loosely based piece of crap. And next week, I'm going to be reviewing the next movie, uh, which is Justice League War, which is supposed to be based on the very first storyline from Justice League for the new 52. So, we'll see how bad that's going to be. Spoiler alert, pretty fucking bad. Okay, so the picks for this week's new releases. There's two of them. The first one is... From Image Comics called Assassin Nation Number 4. Now I briefly mentioned this comic when it first came out. Said I was going to buy it. I have been loving this title. Uh, it's only been four issues. And it's a lot of fun. I plan on doing a proper review when issue 5 comes out. Because usually that's when I like to do good reviews. When the first five issues come out. Because it gives you a good sense of... The story and stuff. I don't know how long this story is going to go. Because Image never tells you how long a series is. Uh, because it does seem like the story has a bit of a shelf life. So it's about this... Basically a gangster who used to be a, an assassin. And now he like heads up a family. Or he's an important person in a, in a family. And you know in a, a criminal organization. And he used to be the number one assassin, and now he thinks that somebody's after him. So he hires 20 of the best assassins to protect him. And it's really interesting because there's a gauge of, like, there's, like, a um, a system of, like, who's number one, who's number two, all the way down to, like, 20. And... um you know, it's a lot of fun. It's just it's, so you're really dealing with twenty different personalities. So each assassin has these different personalities, which makes the story fun and exciting. And of course, it's a lot of blood and adventure. So, um, so yeah, it's. I mean, I can't wait. Like this has become a top tier book for me. Like I'm excited every time an issue comes out. Uh, the art is okay. It's bearable. Uh, it's not the best. It's a little cartoony and a little one-sided. But, I mean, the writing and the dialogue and the characterization all make up for it. So, yeah. Uh, Assassination number four. 
cannot fucking wait for this book. Cannot wait to like get to review it. Which probably be like another month. And the second pick is Superman Year One Number One. Now, I'm probably gonna get this book, but I'm also probably not gonna enjoy this book. Now, it's written by Frank Miller. And I've mentioned Frank Miller before. He's the guy who's written some of the world's, you know, some of the most uh, influential comics. Uh, he did, his biggest one is The Dark Knight Returns. He's worked on Daredevil. He's done a bunch with Batman. But over the years, probably I'd say 15, 20 years, he's kind of lost it. And he's not as good as he once was. And people blame age, because he's, he's up there in age. He's got to be in his 70s at this point. Uh, people blame the fact that he was an alcoholic and now he's sober. Uh, but, you know, like, he tried to do Batman again 15 years ago, and he made Batman a real douchebag in the sense of, like, cursing and treating Robin like shit, verbally abusing him, and having sex with Black Canary in, on, like, the rooftops. It's just, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, he wanted to throw the, the rule book out the window, which he's done before with these characters, but it just seemed like he was reaching. And, like, I'll, I'm going to show them a real badass Batman who abuses children. Uh, that's not what he sounds like, but... He's like Grizzly. He's a Grizzly. Grizzly kind of guy. So he continues to like do books. He did like another sequel to the Leg- uh, to Dark Knight Returns, which was trash. And now he's teaming up with John Romita Jr., who's like he's he's um I guess you could call him a legend in comic books. Uh he's uh his father was a, an artist who like revolutionized Spider-Man. And John Romita Jr. has been around for a long time, and he's done all different kinds of comics. So it'd be interesting to see what this is, but they're claiming that this is going to be the definitive uh, Superman origin, re-origin. Like, how many times do we have to tell these people's origins over and over and over? And Frank Miller once did Batman, he did Batman year one, so now I guess he feels like he could do another year one. I'm rolling my ass. Uh... I don't know if this is going to be in canon, because this is under the DC Black Label label, and what Black Label is, is they've been putting out, little by little, mature comics based on the DC properties. There was a, a most infamously, a Batman story where you got to see the bat penis, uh, and that's really its claim to fame so far. I read, like, the first issue of that. Uh, it wasn't called Batman Bat Penis. I forgot what it was called. Batman something. It was okay. It wasn't that great. Um, they came out with another one with Batman that I haven't read yet. Called Last Night on Earth. I'm not too excited about that. But I thought I'd give that a try. So I'm going to give this a try. And I'm not too excited about this either. Uh, when the Black Label was first announced, all these great writers and artists, these uh, creative teams were announced, and people were so excited about it. 
And I just felt like the, most of these stories didn't really... Are they in canon? Like, that's my first reaction. Are they in canon? Are they not in canon? What, what is this? Like, why do we have to tell these alternate stories and then make it, like, mature audience? I don't know. I'll see. I'm not looking forward to it, though. I'm not expecting... Let me rephrase that. I'm not expecting much. Frank Miller needs to go back on the sauce. So yeah, I'd say just two picks this week. Not too many. Two picks. This week. And that will do it for another episode. We're expanding here at Gamerish. Join the Gamerish Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Gamerish underscore underscore pod. Twitch. Gamerish underscore pod. Twitter. Gamerish 2. And now we're on YouTube with Gamerish Podcasts. We have gaming broadcasts and all the podcasts with pretty little pictures attached to them. So make sure to like and subscribe. Don't forget, if you have any questions or comments, you can contact me at the Gamerish email address, Gamerish537 at gmail.com. And find me on Twitter and Instagram with at at fanboy with an opinion. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I have been a fanboy, and this has been my opinion.